FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. The Liberty Broadcasting System. First, here are the headlines. Now, here's John Hood. Thank you very much, Dana Harris, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the music of Johnny Long and his orchestra. We open our tune quite appropriately tonight from the heart of the Southland with Dixie. Yes, it's time to refresh at McCord and Harris Soda Fountain. Meet your friends and wet your whistle at McCord and Harris Soda Fountain. Refreshments and pleasant surroundings, McCord and Harris on the square in Murfreesboro. WGNS, your good neighbor station, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. <laughs> Right now that time, 8.16. Well, this morning on the WGNS Action Line, host Bart Walker will be talking with John Hood about some of his early memories of the radio station and when we first came on the air 76 years ago. So a very special program this morning, and we invite you to stay tuned to hear more about John Hood and his early recollection of WGNS and that first day, first full day of broadcasting here in Murfreesboro 76 years ago when things were much different and the town was much smaller. We'll now head to WGNS's Bart Walker to learn more about some of the history here at the station. It was a cold winter night 76 years ago. People were huddled around the radio, waiting for a new experience. (laughs) Suddenly, the signal came on. And it was 1946, moving into... 47, a new year for Murfreesboro. They had their first radio station, WGNS. It signed on the 31st of December, about 10 o'clock at night, 1946, and rang in that exciting new year of 1947. John Hood is with us right now as we look back over 76 years of having a good neighbor station. John, that was a big deal back then. Sure it was, and I'm just recalling the 330-foot tower that was erected to get that signal out to Middle Tennessee. And a strange thing, it was in a swamp. That made it get out even better because it was in that swamp and still is. Right off South Church Street, Later, that tower collapsed, I believe, and you restored it with a different tower and a new one that gets the signal out. But that was the beginning of your good neighbor station right here in Murfreesboro. John Hood was there in those early days. And do you remember being at the studio that was near the tower? This is where it first began. 
Well, it was in the same building where the transmitter was located. And, of course, in those days, with the transmitter, you had to have a first-class operator. By first-class, I mean qualified as first-class, on duty all the time that the radio station was on the air. One of those engineers in those days who later went on to fame and fortune, too, was Glenn Snotty. Did you ever work with Glenn? I never did work with Glenn. I have known him quite a bit through his brother, Charles Snotty, who was a state farm agent for many years. But I knew of the Snotty family. Glenn, of course, went on to Nashville, started the famous Woodland Studios, and that's where so many people were making hit records. Murfreesboro had stars, too, and you worked alongside of many of those. Pee Wee Brown was one of them. Jerry Brown was one of the great country music entertainers that came out of Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Carl Tipton and the Mid-State Playboys were also well-known. This area was especially known then as being a source of a lot of entertainment, a lot of talent, and continues to be. But it was before that, too. Of course, Uncle Dave Macon was probably the brightest star. He was, as he was a great star of the Grand Ole Opry. Used to come to Murfreesboro from out at Kittrell, where he lived, get on a Greyhound bus and ride it into Nashville to go to the Grand Ole Opry and then get a bus back home. Did you ever meet Uncle Dave? I never did. I just knew of him all those years. It, it, you knew of a lot of people. Things were a little different back then. Yeah. There were stories about the goat man who came to Rutherford County. There's a spider man who was climbing the courthouse tower and met his Waterloo there. It was a different time. Oh, very definitely. Many changes have taken place over the years. The way we do things is quite different. The way we look at things is quite different. It's just a different atmosphere, but still a great place to live. Now, in those early days, radio was the king. I mean, television was not around in this area at that 1946 and 47 timetable. So radio was where people found their local news. They found their entertainment during the daytime. Soap operas, things of sorts. That was all on the radio back then. Tell us some of your memories of those early days of WGNS where people looked to radio for everything. Well, we used to run a spelling bee with the uh, local school system. We'd bring students into the studio and have an elimination spelling bee, which became a rather popular uh, radio program for the community. Now, was this on a regular basis or once a year or how often? I've forgotten how often, but it was, it was more than once a year, at least monthly, if not more recent than that. I think it was monthly. Of course, that was the place also where young people would tune for the latest hits. It would be the radio. This was always popular in those days. And I recall back in those days, we didn't have uh, the two-way radio, I guess you would call it, for communicating. And we had to run telephone lines, order telephone lines, to be able to broadcast from any location. And that would put it on the air by, by way of the telephone lines. Also, Cecil Elrod, the owner I know, used to, sometimes he, he would find uh, 
telephone cable that had been left over from the World War II maneuvers and in downtown Murfreesboro, he would run the lines himself for the radio station when anything was broadcast from the public square. Today we're talking about the early days of WGNS. This is our 76th anniversary. John Hood is with us. And he remembers a lot of those early days. He was there in those early days on WGNS. John, what made you decide to get into radio? I mean, this was a career that a lot of people didn't think about because it was relatively new back then. Well, I'd always been fascinated with radio. And early on, my parents bought me an amplifier and microphone and speakers. And I would do uh, the... uh, ball games in my, on the vacant lot that my father owned next door and we would have fun there with that and I always had the desire of working in radio so therefore Central High School at that time had the diversified occupations program that Mr. Ira Daniel ran later school superintendent and you would go to school in the morning and work in the afternoon So that gave me an opportunity to get into radio, which is what I wanted to do. And Cecil and WGNS was willing to take a young kid from the streets of Murfreesboro and let him work there and start his career. So you loved every minute of it and still do, it looks like. Oh, I always enjoy it. It's always fun. Now, let's talk a little about Cecil Elrod. People may not know him, but he was the father of WGNS, I guess you could say. But it was his father who made it really happen. Yes, Cecil was in the Army in World War II with Armed Forces Radio Service, I think, in South America. He got the bug then for the radio, working in Armed Forces Radio Service. When he came back home, got out of the service, he got his father to put in a radio station. And Mr. Elrod Sr. operated Cecil Elrod's French shop on the square. And the radio station was located on the second floor of that building. Had two very large studios, a control room in between, and offices for all the personnel. Quite a layout for just starting a local radio station. Probably comparable to some of the stations you'd find in Nashville and larger cities. But what was the size of Murfreesboro and Rutherford County back then? Bart, I'm not sure. I remember growing up. Murfreesboro had a population of something 7,000 plus. So the whole county might have been 10,000. Yes, it was a very rural county, and dairying was a very uh, outstanding part of the uh, agricultural community. You can take the moon, gather up the stars and the robins that sing merrily. Take the flowers down in Lover's Lane and that sentimental poetry. Put them in the box. You're listening to WGNS. On the air with us this morning, Bart Walker talking with John Hood about his early memories of the radio station. And going back to earlier days, John Young is one of the names you would have heard on the radio. Here's John Young in his earlier days. 6.30, time to save at Southern Furniture Company, 309 West Main Street. The News Authority, WGNS, Murfreesboro. As 
jury selection nears completion at the Hearst trial, defense attorneys report they have won court permission to have Patty's head x-rayed. And now John Young today, a successful voiceover broadcaster who you may have heard on TV stations such as News Channel 5 and across the country doing a variety of voice work at TV stations, radio stations, and movie production companies around the world. Here's John Young recalling some of those earlier days of WGNS, your good neighbor station. Murfreesboro didn't look anything like you know it to be today. TV was just being invented. And telephones? Well, if people had one, it was just that, one. Today, it seems like everybody, including the dog, has some cell phone. People over in Barfield and Christiana out there didn't come into town unless they had to. Like to get groceries at O'Brien Brothers on the square on Saturday and maybe see a movie at The Princess. One screen. Restaurants? Nah. People ate at home. Nothing like the endless chain of eating places today. Hotels? Yeah, we had one. The James K. Polk still stood proud. Bet you most folks couldn't tell me where it stood. To give you a hint, one block off the square. We'd look in Goldstein's window. Special occasions would shop there. And I can still hear the sound of how their floors creaked. Nashville? Oh, nobody went to Nashville. Unless you had a real good reason. And if you did, you made sure you didn't go one mile over the speed limit in Smyrna or you would get a speeding ticket. We were just a nice little rural town outside the big city. Boy, has it changed. Except for a couple of things. One of them is this radio station. You see, on New Year's Eve, a man with a real vision and love for this town put 1450 on the air. And nobody could believe we had our own radio station. And guess what? Today, it's still locally owned. In fact, it sits on South Church about where it all started. And on the air and on our website, what we talk about most is what folks in the big city don't think about much. Murfreesboro. They got their own business and problems. We still eat, breathe, and sleep, Murfreesboro. The station could have sold a dozen times, but the decision was made to keep it local. The owners live here, work here, send our kids to school here, stay here, support it here, love it here. And you know what? That's what we have in common. Because we couldn't have made it without your constant support. You listen, you buy commercials on the station, you support Murfreesboro, we support Murfreesboro. We are still 1450 WGNS, your good neighbor station. again this morning we are turning back the clock going back to 1946 new year's eve and into new year's day 1947 looking at all the history over the years and wgns's bart walker this morning is talking with john hood john hood was a major part of the station in the late 1940s into the 1950s and he recalls a lot of those early days of broadcast history that was made right here at wgns so a lot more to come in just a minute time right now 8 30. it ain't no shame he's not to blame he's dug the jitterbug This is Dr. David Morris with Magnolia Medical Center. Do you suffer from peripheral neuropathy in your hands or feet, burning pain, balance problems, and decreased quality of life? Magnolia Medical Center can help. 
Magnolia Medical Center in Murfreesboro. Online at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure for fast, powerful nighttime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. The best part about taking ZQuil Pure Z's Sleep Plus Next Day Energy at night is actually the next morning. I wake up alert with none of the grogginess from taking too much melatonin. Pure Z Sleep Plus Next Day Energy is a bilayer tablet with immediate release melatonin and extended release B vitamins to help me fall asleep naturally and wake refreshed. It's my secret weapon for a great night's sleep and a great morning. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Can't beat that. ZQuil Pure Z's Gummies. Sleep better, wake your best. When should you take a tour of Adams Place? Well, I don't think it's ever too early. I drive by here, and I kept thinking, now that's where I think I would like to live. We're talking with Carol Johnston. And so I did take a tour, and it's a homey atmosphere. That's what I liked about it. Don't wait too long. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. See a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with cloudy skies, high in the upper 60s. Tonight, a chance for showers and storms, cloudy, alone near 64. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Fuichitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Good morning. Traffic still moving right now on 24 coming through Rutherford County uh, from Murfreesboro headed towards Nashville. Lots of radar in uh, Rutherford and Coffee County this morning. Saw some earlier out in Wilson County as you come through the Mount Juliet exit. Again, there's still some radar out here, so be careful. Nash Painting services all of Middle Tennessee. They're online at nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. WGNS, your good neighbor station, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. <laughs> oh, just sakes alive, darn if the cops don't say it's five, five o'clock, five o'clock, five o'clock. From Stewart Air Force Base in the heart of Middle Tennessee, the Liberty Broadcasting System sends your way 30 minutes of your favorite music by one of the nation's newest and most popular dance bands, Billy May and his orchestra. <laughs>
turning back the clock of WGNS broadcast history going back some 76 years. And WGNS's Bart Walker sat down with John Hood, one of the first voices you heard on the airwaves back in the 40s and into the 1950s. Right now, call a friend and get them to tune their AM radio to 1450. If everyone listening would call a friend right now, WGNS would immediately have twice as big an audience. You say your color TV is broken? Uh-huh. Have no fear. Adkins TV on Vine Street repairs Zenith and most American brand. Super! Lawn and garden questions are answered Thursday mornings at 830. WGNS. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Your good neighbor station. News Authority, WGNS, Murfreesboro. Listen to 30 minutes of your favorite music by one of America's favorite bands, Billy May and his orchestra. This program came to you from the base gymnasium at Seward Air Force Base and was broadcast through the facilities of Liberty Affiliate, WGNS, in nearby Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Our appreciation to Colonel Norton Van Sicklin, wing commander of the 314th Troop Carrier Wing, and to Captain Franklin Zerby, base personnel services officer. I love hearing some of that early stuff from the radio station so many years ago. It's just, it's so unique how the announcers talk and how they open up the different programs compared to radio today. But a lot of history has been made on the airwaves at WGNS over the last 76 years. We're now going to head back to WGNS's Bart Walker, who again is talking with John Hood about some of those early broadcasts heard on WGNS so many years ago. And right now we're sort of swapping around the fourth largest county in the entire state of Tennessee. Back then, I think on a good day, we were number 10. Because that's what the license, was it the license plate 10 or was it 8? No, it was 8 here. Eight. I don't want to lose any positions that we might have had, so we're number 8. Yeah, Shelby County was number 1, Davidson County was number 2, and, and we were we were number 8. Yeah, even Jackson was 7, I seven. think. Seven. Jackson was 7, right. So we have flown on by and continue to move up a lot of people are thinking well that's not anything to brag about right now it also brings traffic and things of that sort but uh what's numbers we've been talking about were the prefixes on the license plates that's right i thought that was a pretty neat thing to do to have the numbers oh absolutely yeah i do remember the plates were shaped like the state of tennessee oh, yeah, though. right right one year through the exchange club years later we uh, got the county court clerk to allow us to take a s- section of license plate numbers. Everybody w- always wanted a low number, and we auctioned them off over WGNS, and people bought them and gave it, gave to charity uh, for the Exchange Club. What a great way to do things. Now, the Exchange Club was always a big part of Rutherford County, and, John, you were always involved in the Exchange Club. Well, I was a charter member, and we were chartered in 1951. What was Murfreesboro like in 51? That would have been four years after WGNS came on the air. Well, at that time, all the retail businesses were located around or near the public square. That was the day before shopping centers, Jackson Heights Plaza, Mercury Plaza, and others that came on many more after that. 
you had a lot of interesting programs that you personally did on WGNS in those days. I guess the man on the street is the one that really stands, in my mind, as one of the strongest. And I have a picture of you talking to another man that everybody will know, and his middle name was Cash. And I think that was really his middle name. <laughs> oh, yeah, it very definitely was. J.C. Penny, James Cash Penny was his name. And when the Penny store moved off the square into what then was Penny Plaza and built a new store at the corner of Maple and College Streets, uh, Mr. Penny came here for the store's construction while it was underway. Then he came back for the grand opening and I had the great privilege of being able to interview him. I can remember the early days of Murfreesboro, but uh, I can remember going into the pennies on the square itself. And the thing that impressed me the most, and it may have gotten you too, John, was that little cash cage that came out of the mezzanine. Well, my Aunt Callie lived with us along with my grandmother, and she worked at J.C. Penney. So it was a very important part of my life growing up. But I remember they put the the money and, and, and the ticket on a cable, I guess it was, shot it up to the office, which was on the mezzanine. Then it came back for the change. I wore penny clothes growing up. My aunt was always giving me a shirt or something from J.C. Penny. So it was a very important part of my early life. Murfreesboro in the early days had a lot of unique things happening for it. One of those is it is physically the center of the state. Absolutely. You know, this was a great daring uh, county back in those days and daring industry is a very important part of the agricultural program some people wanted to get the call letters of the station wcow but thank goodness they didn't pick them (laughs) that was really back there uh but like you say this was a dairy area and one of the big promotions that i understood that was happening back then cecil elrod and his wife were big promoters, uh, and somehow Cecil had gotten a prize cow and was sending it to Cuba and was going to present it to Batista. His wife was on the ship as they were heading toward Cuba, but when they arrived, the cow didn't make it, John. It was passed on. Cecil was able to PR himself out of unusual situations and they made it somehow yeah i just heard about that i was not a part of it and did not know about it at the time tell us a little more about cecil elrod about his background how he was to work with he was from what i understand a great tennis player oh yeah he was a very capable tennis player but cecil was always innovative he wanted to have the the best of everything if you will much sometime to his father's chagrin. But anyway, he had everything first class at the radio station and wanted to do everything in the best possible way and have the best equipment for all the people working there. When you talk about the best possible ways, one of the things that continues to be true with Rutherford County, there are two things the people in Rutherford County like. One of those is sports, and the other one is history. The two went very well together on WGNS. And speaking of the sports side, you remember a guy that was in the early days of sports. Tell us about him. 
Well, Cecil went to Washington at one time to hire some personnel. As I recall, he went to try to hire somebody to handle traffic, by traffic, that is, the, the keeping the records at the station. And he went to Washington and hired a, a lady and brought her back. But at the same time, he hired a guy named Ray Duffy, who grew up in Massachusetts and had that Yankee brogue. People could hardly understand him at first. But Ray started doing sports, and then he became, uh, in everybody's hearts, the, the number one person in the community. I've heard stories about Ray Duffy, and we had him on the radio with us when we celebrated our 50th anniversary. Ray would get in the middle of the games, he would get so excited, and then he would say, hold on to the bed sheets, Granny. And everybody loved that phrase. I think he said Grandma. Hold on to the bed sheets, Grandmama. One thing we had not heard before, Ray doing sports did basketball, and when the ball would go in the net, he would say swish. And everybody got to calling him Swish Duffy. So Ray Duffy was big in sports, so big that he was then asked to head up the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department. Right, so did a great job of that. I had the privilege of speaking at Ray's funeral, and a few years later, I happened to be in Massachusetts and got to visit his, his gravesite. He was a very, very large part of my life at that stage of life. Ray Duffy, always big at the Good Neighbor Station. Looking at the musical side of it, we've talked a little about Jerry Brown, but for some reason, whenever I think about WGNS, I think boots, boots, boots. Boots, boots, boots. Yes, the Hub Store on the west side of the square has boots for everyone. Boots, boots, boots. For the men, the Hub Store has four buckle boots, five buckle boots, zipper boots, and knee boots. Boots, boots, boots. For the ladies, the Hub has reindeer, slip-on rubber boots, and fur-lined waterproof boots. Boots, boots, boots. For the children, the Hub has slip-on rubber boots, four buckle boots, and zipper boots. Boots, boots, boots. That's the Hub Store where you can get boots, boots, boots for the entire family. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, that was a commercial we did for Hub Store. Saul Arbit was the owner, and we used to record the spots with him, and he would talk about boots and boots, 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 and that became uh, well known. What about the drugstores all around the square? They always were a part of Murfreesboro's history, and I can remember them strongly on WGNS as well. Well, we had Martin and Carr, K-E-R-R, drugstore, later became Jesse Messick. We had Buchanan and Tarpley drugstore. We had McCord and Harris drugstore. We had uh, Harrison's Pharmacy and Stickney and Griffiths, all of those on the public square. And the population was a whole lot smaller than now, so those were pretty competitive businesses. They were. I think we were about seven or 8,000 at that time. WGNS, your good neighbor station, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Five o'clock, five o'clock, five o'clock. Yes, it's five o'clock and time to refresh at McCord and Harris Soda Fountain. Meet your friends and wet your whistle at McCord and Harris Soda Fountain. Refreshments and pleasant surroundings, McCord and Harris on the square in Murfreesboro. One of the old recordings we have of early days of WGNS have John Hood, the announcer, on the Liberty Broadcast Network, live from Seward Air Force Base in Smyrna, Tennessee. From Seward Air Force Base in the heart of Middle Tennessee, the Liberty Broadcasting System sends your way 30 minutes of your favorite music by one of the nation's newest and most popular dance bands, Billy May and his orchestra. And to open our program this evening, Billy May and the band, and you're driving me crazy. <laughs> 
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, music of Billy May and his orchestra. Billy, come over to the microphone a moment. Thank you, John. Fine. Very good. Very happy to have you here tonight. Certainly, it really is. Billy, I believe that's uh, a record from your forthcoming album, isn't that right? That's right. An album that'll be released about the 1st of May. Well, wonderful. We'll all be looking forward to that. All right, so we have more music then by Billy May and the orchestra, a tune that's rather easy to remember. Yes, that's right. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. by one of America's favorite bands, Billy May and his orchestra. This program came to you from the base gymnasium at Seward Air Force Base and was broadcast through the facilities of Liberty Affiliate, WGNS, in nearby Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Our appreciation to Colonel Norton Van Sicklin, wing commander of the 314th Troop Carrier Wing, and to Captain Franklin Zerby, base personnel services officer. This is John Hood speaking, and this is America's second largest major network, the Liberty Broadcasting System. Billy May, he was really just a studio orchestra. He would have made recordings, but he didn't have a band that traveled and played concerts. So he became big, and then finally he got on the road. And then they came to Seward to do a concert. And I, <laughs> I remember he gave me the list of programs, and there was one, one number that they had was Lean Baby. But on the, uh, the program, he had written Spare. I thought it was Spare Lean Baby, but it was a spare number if they needed to fill the program. Okay. <laughs> Those were big days. I'm trying to think of his name. Gordon McClendon was the name. He started a sports network broadcasting sports. And then as he got into it in a big time, and, and we were affiliated with him, as he got into that, he decided to get into a full network of all, uh, all kinds of programs. And so we were affiliated with Liberty, and he was looking for programming. And there was a, a gentleman at, at, at Seward Air Base at Smyrna, who was the public information officer, who had worked for one of the major booking agencies in, in the country. He would find a, uh, a orchestra, say in Chicago, on Friday night, and it needed to be in New Orleans on Sunday. So what he would do would fly a C-119 to Chicago, pick them up, and they would stop at Seward and do a, a concert at Seward Air Base and then fly them on the next day to New Orleans or wherever they were going. So we broadcast several times uh, from Seward on the Liberty Network. Not only was WGNS broadcasting things that large metropolitan markets were lucky to get, we had them because people like you worked with Seward Air Force Base, worked with Ray Duffy, worked with all these people who brought their talents to the heart of Tennessee. This was exciting radio. It that very definitely was was very much a part of the community. I remember a story about Jerry Gaither, former head of the Rutherford County School Systems, 
and he would do a lot of the ball games on WGNS. Jerry said he was heading out of town to do a game in Shelbyville, and the Highway Patrol stopped him. His car was pretty low in the back, and they were looking for people, I guess, running whiskey and what have you. Farthest thing from what Jerry would have ever been involved in. What he was involved in was uh, a lot of broadcast equipment in the trunk, and that weighted the car down in the back. John, you did remote broadcast. You had to be strong to be in radio back then. Yeah, the recorders were very big and very heavy compared to the little thing that you hold in your hand nowadays like we were recording on now. And I remember going over to Fort Jackson, South Carolina with the National Guard doing their summer duty and lugging that recorder all over Fort Jackson. Very heavy. That had to be a chore in itself. We were talking about John's love for radio and how it's all tied to WGNS. I guess it was in the 80s. The bridge over in Las Casas had just been rebuilt. You were representing this area as our state representative, and we called you one day to see about getting some information on that. You agreed not only to tell us about it, but you said, you know, I wouldn't mind doing a broadcast from there and having it on the air. So you emceed as well as participated in the opening as our state representative. That was my privilege and pleasure to do so, to get that old bridge done away with in a modern new facility. And it was named for the principal of Laskasi School, Larry Stewart, and still stands there as recognition of the great work that he did in education. Larry Stewart, you heard about him regularly on the Truman Show. Let's move down the Stones River just a bit to another bridge that John was involved in. That was Walter Hill. The Walter Hill Bridge was old and was narrow, as was the Las Casas Bridge. And we were anxious to get a, a modern facility added there, and that was done. And then there were special days when dignitaries would come to town. Naturally, WGNS covered those events, and John Hood was there to tell us about them. What stands out most in your mind about those days? April 30th, 1950. When I joined the Army... Even before the turn of the century, it was the fulfillment of all my boyish hopes and dreams. The world has turned over many times since I took the oath on the plane at West Point, and the hopes and dreams have long since vanished. But I still remember the refrain of one of the most popular ballads of that day which proclaimed most proudly that old soldiers never die. They just fade away. And like the old soldier of that ballad, I now close my military career and just fade away. An old soldier who tried to do his duty as God gave him the light to see that duty. Goodbye. General Douglas MacArthur had been fired by President Truman and his work in the Far East, came back to the country, was saluted by the Congress and traveled the country, and his wife was from Murfreesboro, Jean Marie Fairclough. So he came to Murfreesboro and brought his wife home for a reunion. 
It was a great day. We had five broadcast locations set up that day, as I recall. We met him at Seward Air Base. Louis Penuel was hanging over College Street by the Haynes Hotel. And then we broadcast from the James K. Polk Hotel. And finally, there was a set up at the Horace Jones Field at MTSU, and that's where his program was done. The mayor at that time was Jennings Jones and saluted Douglas MacArthur, and we had the huge crowd there, and then they went on and had a luncheon at Stones River Country Club. This is the 76th anniversary broadcast for WGNS Radio, and our guest this morning is John Hood. John, as you look back over the years, is there any one person you really enjoyed interviewing on WGNS? Well, Randy Wood was one of those people. He was the owner of Dot Records, had a music shop in Gallatin, and started Dot Records and became well-known all the way across the country, moved to Hollywood, and was able to operate in a big way. A really big way. His label, Dot Records, recorded hits by Lawrence Welk, The Hilltoppers, The Fontaine Sisters, Gail Storm, and a young man from Nashville who got his start at the Bellmead Theater's Saturday Happiness Club. April love is for the very young Every star's a wishing star that shines for you Pat Boone. He was uh, one of those that came out of the local community, and Randy was able to promote him, and he became a nationwide, if not worldwide, star. People may not realize this, but when you think of Pat Boone starting at the Happiness Club at the Bellmead Theater, there was somebody else from Murfreesboro who has ties to that same theater, as well as WGNS, and that's Jeff Jordan. Jeff's grandfather... E.J. Jordan was the manager of the Bellmead Theater, but even more important, he was the one who created the Happiness Club. And that's where Pat Boone got his start. And Jeff's father was the one who decorated the windows at Goldstein's. And they were outstanding, too. He was very talented. Goldstein's is one of those stores that if you were not here when it was open, you missed something. Well, the two big competitors at that time in dry goods stores was Goldstein's and Cecil Elrod's Front Shop. And Mr. Elrod owned the, the radio station, which said WGNS. So one of the things that he always wanted us to do was to get advertising from Goldstein's on WGNS. So I remember when our commercial manager so I went with him over to visit with Mr. Goldstein to sell advertising. And Mr. Goldstein said, as long as you sign on the air and sign off the air, saying you're in Cecil Edwards' French shop, as the owner, I'm not buying any advertising. Oh, no. <laughs> now, I remember going into Goldstein's. It was as fine and felt as large as Harvey's or Kane Sloan's or Kastner Knott's or any of the other larger stores out of Nashville. County offices are now located there. In one side was the women's clothes, and the other side was the men's. Well, those were some good days, John. 76 years in the making. 
Would you have changed anything? Not if I could. It's been a wonderful life. Thank you. John Hood, our guest this morning, as we reminisce about the past 76 years and the Good Neighbor Station, WGNS. Stay with us. Much more to come.